With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I'm Sam Jackson. My name is Derek Amos. I'm Kalia Davis, and you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. And you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. You're watching the Sons of UCF. You're watching the Sons of UCF Live. I'm Dylan Gabriel, and you're watching the Sons of UCF. Everybody's watching. Hello, Night Nation. Trace Trillico coming to you from Houston. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. 2021 football season kicks off just one week from tonight. We are talking about the biggest storylines on offense. We are answering your questions. Let us welcome in the Sons of UCF. A couple of guys I have formed a bit of a scheduling alliance with. Hello, Adam and Mike. Greetings, Trace. You know, listen, uh, a lot of the football players are practicing hard one week until the game. I tried to do my part today. I went outside. I screamed at the top of my lungs to get ready for the game. And so my voice got a little raspy today. So I've been doing my, are you guys all doing your part? Cause it's going to get loud. So you want to get game ready. So I guarantee, I guarantee uh, you guys should uh, get some practice. In. Yeah, I was working on the calves earlier today, so I can do some jumping, a lot of jumping in the bounce house in a couple, next week. So I got that down. You got the screaming. I think we're going to be ready to go. That is good news. I have received word. I am credentialed in the press box for next Thursday, so I will have good stadium decorum oh. for the uh, the game. Uh, some uh, breaking news this Thursday as we come on. Men's soccer home opener trailing 3 nothing to FIU already. I can hear Mike getting ready to put the recently extended Scott Calabrese on the hot seat. Knights are number 13 <laughs> in the country. They trail FIU 3 nothing. They'll get a chance with North Florida coming up on Sunday. Women's soccer, the better news. They are now up on the Gators in Gainesville, 2-0. Uh, Trescott Shamlu with a goal in the 14th minute. Daria Rajay with a PK. So Knights, number 19. Women's soccer looking to go 2-0 on the season. Always satisfying to beat the Gators if they can close this one out. Yeah, definitely always good to win against Florida. But uh, FIU, Mike, what, what's going on? You're you're uh, you're two alumni. Worlds colliding here. What's happening there? 
a couple of soccer blowouts, two nothing and three nothing, insurmountable leads. I, I don't know what's going on with the men. I, they, they started off this way last year too. I think we all panicked a little bit and they ended the season well. Uh, hopefully, just a little blip on the radar tonight. Uh, so women's soccer up to nothing. They'll host LSU Sunday at the uh, soccer complex. Also, we should be talking about a new naming rights deal for the bounce house, but the board of trustees, they had a meeting scheduled for today that canceled. This is the second uh, consecutive meeting that has been postponed or canceled. So any naming rights deal with 3MG roofing uh, postponed for now. This just doesn't seem to be coming together in time for that home opener one week from tonight. It's interesting. I saw that they were, um, I guess, redoing the outside facade, maybe preparing for a new sign to go up. So that's going to be an interesting little uh, little conundrum as the game rolls around. But I got to imagine Terry Mohajer is just beside himself with uh, this process. I assume that he thought he had all this nailed down and obviously roadblocks are in the way. Speculation is this is legislative from uh, from some branch of the government. Figure out which one that is. Who the hell knows these days? So I imagine Timo is going to be beside himself with uh, the delays in this process. If we can't get this figured out in the next week and there's an empty space on, on the front of the stadium, can we get a Sons of UCF flag up there or something? Can we put our name up there? How much is that going to cost for a week? Well, based on what I heard from your show earlier this week, I know there will be balloons <laughs> and potato salad so, <laughs> and a banner of some sort. So if you can get that well, thing my, lifted you, up on. on the side there. Mike, you were in your calves, right? Just, just Spider-Man off the building, put up yourself. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or I, if I have enough balloons, I can just pull myself up like that. By the way, I love the whole discussion on the balloons. I don't know. You're just going to, Adam's been fighting the crud for weeks. So you got him going, you know, blowing up balloons. There's somehow, I don't know what's going on with the balloons. But. No, we're not blowing the same balloon. I mean, he's going to blow his own balloon. That's going to be it. Uh, let's talk about a couple of football right. notes before we talk about the latest from camp. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, 33rd on ESPN's top 100 players list. Of course, he watches the Sons of UCF Live. You saw him just a few moments ago. And uh, I know Mike likes uh, preseason polls. He loves preseason bowl projections even more. Brett McMurphy, now with the Action Network, says UCF North Carolina in the Fiesta Bowl. Mike, can you get your arms around that one before week zero even? <laughs> these are so ridiculous, and they change week to week. What is the point of these bowl projections? I don't even like the bowl projections two weeks before the, the bowl uh, are announced. Just tell me when the bowls are. Who's, every week changing the projections. What is this for? Just to fill up space on the internet? And I don't understand. McMurphy didn't even have UCF in his top 25. So we're not good enough to be the top 25, but we're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't I don't know if they do math at the Action Network, but I don't, I don't know how that computes. I'm still lost there. They do gambling at the, uh, the Action Network. And, of course, also news of this uh, alliance uh, between the, uh, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC, the scheduling alliance in the Pac-12 coming out today. Uh, no expansion on the horizon uh, it certainly leaves the remaining eight of the uh, big 12 hanging in the wind and uh, we'll see what happens next between the aac big 12 possible combination or one raids the other something is bound to happen here all right first off this alliance is the worst idea since the last alliance which is the alliance of american <laughs> football essentially all they've done here is like we promise to play nice we can't put it on paper we can't actually sign anything we can't agree to anything but trust me we'll, we'll play nice that's really all they've decided to do which i don't know what that means uh and and you mentioned the pac-12 obviously today they announced they're not going to do a or at least they're not pursuing expansion which now puts the next domino firmly in the big 12 court 
or now the little eight, whatever we're calling them at this point. So what, what is their next move? Do they expand? Do they try to merge? You know, will they contract? Uh, you, the, you know, we've been waiting what the next domino is. I assume the Pac-12 sort of now, um, I guess they seed their next move over to the, to the big 12 or the little eight, whatever. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. A handshake agreement in college football. among these, And these people trust each other. I don't know who's dumber, right? This is a little ridiculous. And the Big 12, I guess, is going to move now because they know nobody can leave to go to the Pac-12. But are they going to wait until the Big 10 says, no, we're not taking any of your guys, too, and the ACC to say the same thing? Uh, who knows? I, I don't trust any one of these commissioners and leagues. Hopefully we just end up in the right spot for us. And I don't think they trust one another either, of course. So the soap opera continues, dribs and drabs. Soon, though, we'll be talking about football. Knights wrapping up the uh, camp portion, shifting gears in game prep mode for Boise State one week from tonight. Uh, Coach Malzahn coming before the media. He's just a different version of what we've had from Josh Eiffel. He doesn't really tell you much uh, either, uh, but he did uh, give a comment on sizing up the roster as we get closer to the opener. Got we do have a two deep depth chart now. I'm not ready to release that. That'll be next week as far as that goes. But we do have some mixing and matching, some guys that have chances to still step up. You know, probably special teams is the biggest area that you still have question marks about, but always trying to, you know, improve that depth. Uh, got some young guys I feel like just need a little more time, but uh, at the same time, we got to be prepared to play in you know, our first game. No info on that two deep coming soon. Uh, another well, availability with Coach Malzahn coming in a couple of days. Well, the good news is we have a two deep. We don't know where it's at, though, so it's going to be like that the Trey Nixon injury report from last year that never materialized that we kept hearing about week <laughs> after week. So there is a two deep. We don't know where it's at. And we are, we're we're going to have to be ready to play our first game. So those are two good nuggets. I didn't know if we were going to have to be ready. Turn, turns out we are going to have to be ready. So two things we did learn from there, Trace. They said the two deep's coming out late next week. That could be Friday after the game's already played for all we know. And T. Will almost, he caught himself. Somebody asked him about who, which freshman was going to be in there this year, and he, he almost snuck out with one, and he said, nah, we'll just wait and see. So these guys are not telling us anything. We're going to have to wait just one more week. That is right, just one more week until the uh, opener. Going back to uh, preseason uh, media availability, one of the people I got to speak with was wide receiver Jalen Robinson, a big favorite uh, of the fan base. Uh, interesting to see how he'll step up this year. He, again, this has been a theme all camp. Guys talking about change in energy. Let's hear from him. I'm just everybody being locked in and determined, a lot, a lot more focused, a lot more energy, and just everybody just handling their own. Going to help us in the long run. Coming up at 9:15, Adams got that all queued up to drop the one-on-one -on -one with Jalen Robinson. You'll get to hear a little bit more from him. But this is a guy we're looking to to step up in a big way, be a key receiver for Dylan Gabriel this year. Yeah, obviously we saw his production last year. Uh, we saw, you know, how how, um, how much of a threat he was on the deep ball. Uh, curious to see how he's used this year. Is, it, is, is that the same philosophy? Obviously, Malzahn runs a, a tad of a different system than Heupel. So will we see as many deep shots? And, and obviously, Jay Flash was uh, was great in those spots last year. Will he, you know, will he take some more balls across the middle or underneath? I think that'll be interesting to see. But I think we all know the talent that we, we have in Jay Flash. 
Um, but I'm curious to see how he fits into, into a Malzahn style offense. Um, particularly when you think about other guys, you know, Ryan O'Keefe and Brandon Johnson, you know, O'Keefe being a speedster, Brandon Johnson, I think Viola counts kind of a middle of the a field possession receiver, you know, what, what role does Jay flash play, but he's going to be a big part of the offense. And that's, you know, I, I don't think there's any questioning that, uh, that ability. He's definitely got the most familiarity with Dylan Gabriel coming off last year. Remember, Gabriel really leaned on Gabe Davis his freshman year. Last year, Marlon Williams was his guy. Who's going to be the guy this year that, that he goes to in the tough situations? It can be Jalen uh, Robinson. It can be O'Keefe. And I'm interested to see how Gus runs these guys on the sweeps. And there's a lot of motion on these Gus formation plays. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of motion out of Jalen coming in this season. And you asked several good questions there, which was the segue, appropriate segue for my topic of biggest questions on offense. And I'll begin by saying uh, it uh, echoes uh, uh, comments we've talked about with regards to Dylan Gabriel. Me, biggest question on offense is can Dylan win a big game and especially big games on the road? You're going to have opportunities at Louisville, Cincinnati, SMU. Can he win those big games? That's the biggest question I'm looking at on offense. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Dylan Gabriel as well, Trace, but from a different angle. Uh, you know, we saw him under the the Josh Heupel offense. Uh, he was obviously very prolific in that system. We saw a ton of stats, a ton of touchdowns. But you know, Mike and I had a bunch of those guys on the show over the summer, and and not a knock on Heupel's offense, but most of them told us it was a relatively easy system to read. He was reading one half of the field. They were basically running kind of the same routes, and if that wasn't open, then he would either throw it out of bounds, check it down, or do something different. Uh, so the, the offense, while certainly prolific, what what at least we heard from a few guys this year, Mike and I did, was it wasn't very complex from that perspective. So how does he pick up a, a system that may be more complex, that may have more routes underneath it? Is he is he going to be able to throw that middle in for 10 yards? Is he going to hit a pop pass to the tight end? Can he go under center? Uh, you know, it's obviously going to be a different system and and not that he's not capable of it, but you know, that's going to require him to step into being a well-rounded quarterback. I think we all think he has the tools and the skill set for that, but admittedly, he just wasn't asked to show that very much under Hypo system. So can he throw that six yard dig route, right? Can he hit that, you know, that eight yard hitch, you know, uh, again, it, a lot of people would tell you, and I'm not a football uh, coach by any means, but it seemed like he was either throwing a 30 yard bomb or a, a screen pass across the field. You know, and we didn't see a lot in between. So can he pick up those things? Can he adjust to, to that style of quarterback? I think he can. I think for his pro, you know, futures, it's a really big opportunity for him to show that. But the offense is different. So can he pick that up and can we see some of those different skill sets? I think that'll be interesting to think about because he might not have that 32 touchdown year again this year. He might only throw 23 or 24. That doesn't mean he didn't have a good year. But I think expectations are going to be they expect to have that, that same level of productivity. But I think he actually might be a better quarterback if he can work under this system and be effective. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel is going to be fine, I think. He's going to depend on this offensive line. This offensive line is probably the most veteran unit on this offense, right? We got all, everybody's coming back, a lot of experience, but they've got to step it up now. And this is going to be a run first team now under Malzahn. They got to open up the run game, and that'll open up things for Dylan, too. So, Matt Lee, Cole Schneider, Sam Jackson, these guys have been here now. A couple of years ago, we said this was the best offensive line we've ever had, and it was not good. And the games we've lost, I think you can go back to the offensive line and point the finger at them. Cincinnati getting pressure on us. Tulsa putting a lot of pressure on, D on Dylan Gabriel in those games and him not having time to throw. If the offensive line is good, we're going to be really good. You mean we're not just blaming kickers for these losses? Now we're moving over to the offensive line. 
Well, you said you said offense, Trey. You get the special teams. I got I got something yeah. for you. I think the other interesting storyline is who's going to step up in the running back spot. Obviously, it's well documented. You know, losing essentially what I assume would be our top two running backs and Bentavious Thompson and R.J. Harvey is not optimal leading into the season. So that means carries are up for grabs. Who's going to be the guy that wants to step in and be that person? Will it be Isaiah Bowser? What do we get in Mark Anthony Richards? Johnny Richardson provides a change of pace. How is that used? Amaris good. Uh, we've seen, uh, we've heard a lot about him. Haven't seen him on the field. Anthony Williams as a freshman is definitely getting his name out there. Who's going to step up and be that guy from a running back standpoint? Uh, we know Malzahn's offense. He wants to run the ball, right? That's what he's he's done and throughout every stop he's had. So who's going to be that guy that's willing to, to tote the rock? And, and who can we kind of lean on when we have that tough, you know, second and seven or, or third and four when we need a tough run? Who's going to be able to, you know, turn around and get the the ball thrown in their belly and get that first down. The pace of play too is a big story this year. I mean, we we're used to this high speed pace the last couple of years. Now Malzahn's going to slow it down a little bit. We may not score 40, 50 points every game, but I think it's going to have a, a better effect on the defense and the rest of the team. So that's something to keep your eye on too this year. Uh, my takeaway is that we didn't get a lot of answers out of spring or preseason camp. Uh, not a lot of information shared, of course. So we go into this first game with quite a few questions and, we're approaching a point where we might be at about half a week from now. Uh, so we're going to get some answers uh, in just about seven days. One of the other off-season questions uh, that we our biggest questions going into the season involves our next guest, Jeff Sharon. You know him as the managing editor of the Black and Gold Banneret, also as the voice, the public address announcer at the Bounce House. So one of the biggest off-season questions, Jeff, how do you prepare for a more raucous Bounce House after having to deal with the COVID-impacted stadium last season? Well, uh, first, thank you guys for having me. I'm happy to see everybody tonight. Uh, I can't, we're only one week away now already. Uh, how do you prepare? Well, you know the roster. Study as You study up as close as you can. You follow the depth chart, which I'm waiting for just as much as you guys are. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you just kind of have to focus on, I think, relaxing. I think it's, um, it's funny. I was, I was joking with uh, last year, Steve was the um, – uh, marketing director uh, for uh, for football uh, and was standing next to me kind of directing the game. And it was his first season doing it too. He since moved on to Georgia Tech, but uh, but we were both in it together for the, in football together for the first time. We'd done volleyball and women's basketball together. And, you know, we were both kind of nervous, but I looked at Steve right before the, right before the Tulsa game. And I was like, Steve, don't worry about it. If we screw up only 10,000 people will notice. <laughs> Well, Jeff, obviously you mentioned year two for you in the booth. Uh, I assume you're a, you're a student of the game as well. So when you look back at your, your first season, what are some things that we can expect differently from you in, in year two? Did you pick up anything new, anything that you kind of critique yourself on? Kind of where have you, where do you think you'll evolve in year two? Well, my hope is that no one notices me at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm just part of the scenery. I, I, the, the show is the guys on the field. And uh, it, it, no, you can Hat. but uh <laughs> but the, sh the show is the guys on the field if if so if someone notices me it's probably because i messed something up so you know we're trying to keep things as uh you, you know keep the energy up like we did times last year um you know i think towards the end of the year uh that cincinnati game was as uh, it was as loud as twelve thousand people could get i thought and uh and my thought last year was well I can't wait until we get forty-five thousand in this place, uh, and and I'm hoping that we that we back to that. I, I I imagine we will. Um, 
it's I, I don't see anything different. And I really kind of don't, you know, overly want to plan things out. You know, sometimes people ask me like, hey, are you going to do something different? Are you going to kind of, you, you know, I, you know, are you going to? Well, yeah, I'm going to make it my own, but I don't think I, I don't I don't want to force anything. You know, I kind of want things to happen organically because that's kind of how we've always done it here at UCF. As we let things that, um, you know, I mean, think about the origin of the name, the Bounce House, right? I mean, some you know, someone at one point played Kerncraft 400, and cranked it up, and everyone started jumping at the same time, and then the stadium started shaking, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay, this is new." And it just happened organically. So uh, that's what I really would like, how, how I would really like it to be. I know you're a big Yankee fan and Giants fan like myself. And you just said it's better if nobody notices you. I know you, you're, UCF probably wants you to bring the energy, but how much of you wants to be like Bob Shepard and just kind of say, first down, nice. I, I am not, I am not, you guys know me. I am a fan first and I can't, I can't hold it back like Bob did. Nope, not possible. <laughs> yeah, expecting uh, things under Gus Malzahn, maybe a bit of a slower offense. You'll be able to catch your breath between plays if they're running the ball a little bit more. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not prepared for things to be slower. I'm preparing for them to be as fast as possible. I went back and I, uh, you know, I looked at uh, uh, some Auburn games from the past, you know, uh, from the past several years, and just tried to kind of call a game as I, as I would, you know, kind of turning the volume down as kind of a throwback to when I was like a kid, you know, sitting in front of the TV, talking to it by myself. But uh, except this time it was my wife coming in saying, who are you talking to instead of my mother? But, um, it, but uh, no, I'm expecting things to move fast. Um, and, and I, I and you, we kind of have to prepare for that anyway, because Gus does like to move fast it at the right time. I, th I, I think the difference between him and, Josh Heupel is that he'll kind of pick his spots as to where he wants to go fast. If he feels like he can trap the defense uh, in a substitution uh, problem or something like that, he'll, he'll, he'll hit the gas pedal. Uh, so, so we have to, you know, I have to say what I've got to say and then get out of the way because, you know, DG has calls to make it the line. And, uh, and so it's my job to be as, you know, to get in, get out and get on with play. Um, yeah, I'm not expecting things to slow down one bit. All right, Jeff, just me and you here. No one else is listening. Do you want to practice how to say Titus's last name? <laughs> okay, it's it's Titus Mokiao Atimalala. That's impressive. Titus are there, Mokiao Atimalala. Are there any other names on the roster that you are looking at with a little bit of hesitancy? It, believe it or not, no. I, I, I'm I, I'm pretty. You know, uh, first of all, I'm, uh, I've gotten great preparation from uh, the UCF uh, communication staff. Dan Forsella has been fantastic. Uh, and and one thing that you see, I, I don't think uh, probably a few people, if you go on the roster on the website and you notice there's uh, they have the little ear icon next to the guys names on the roster. And you can hear and you can hear them actually pronounce their names. That's a huge help for me because that's the most important thing. That's I consider that my most important job. I better pronounce every everybody's name correct for both UCF and the opponent because you know the the opponent's parents are in the stands too. And one thing I think we pride ourselves on is you know we want you know the opposing fans 
when they come to the bounce house to leave saying, wow, what a cool place that is. I hope we get to come back again at some point, you know? And I think part of that is, is treating, um, is, is treating the opponent with the necessary respect, but you know, we're also, we're also UCF people. Okay. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring, bring the juice for UCF obviously alone and not, you know, all the time for the, and not, and not really for the other team. And then Robert quickly asked, will you use nicknames? So will you call uh, Jalen Robinson J flash? You know, I, I have, I I've talked with, uh, the uh, with the marketing staff about it, and we're kind of like, ah, I don't know, maybe not right now. But if if the players want me to use that, I'm all for it. You know, it's to me, it's kind of up to the players if they if they want me to to use a nickname. Like if Jalen Robinson wants to wants to be known as J Flash, I'm okay with that. Or if Titus wants to be Titus Mokiao, a team Alala wants to be known as just <laughs> Titus. I, I would actually probably thank him for that. <laughs> what about Twitter handles? Are you okay with that? I uh, knew. No, I, well, I, I mean, I would be, but I'm pretty sure the marketing department wouldn't be. <laughs> You're going to start seeing some NIL stuff in there. That pass is brought to you by DG the brand. No, <laughs> we won't be seeing that because remember, remember, as the university can't promote uh, a student athlete's name, image, or likeness deals in any way, right? It has to be, it has to be separate from the university. The university can't promote that. So that's, that's something that, you know, when that whole decision came down, we were kind of thinking about, and then, you know, we realized in the NCAA, like, no, you can't do that. So, so I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be hawking DG brand shoes <laughs> whenever he completes a pass. Thanks. It's not going to be happening. <laughs> huh? sorry, Dad, sorry, Dylan. I'm sorry. I really am. So are you How going many hours I- before kickoff? Do you have to make your way up to the booth? I got to be there. No sooner than two hours prior to kickoff and you know there's and it might seem unnecessary but there's actually a lot of stuff that i got to do in those two hours you know we go over every i get the script a couple nights before um but sometimes there are changes due to you know any number of things that could go wrong so i got to go through that one of the more important things i got to do is make sure i get all the reads correct you know if we have uh, a promotion where somebody's on the field doing something i got to have a name gotta make sure i pronounce their name correctly um, and then I also go over any last minute, um, roster news with Dan and with the, uh, sports communication people for the opposing team, uh, and any, um, uh, any, uh, any, uh, pronunciations that I'm not a hundred percent sure of, um, that maybe there was no guide for, I can go over that. Um, and just making sure I, I like having like everything in, to, to quote Radiohead, everything in its right place, right? I like having everything just kind of all laid out, you know, and and when you rush, you get nervous or I get nervous. And when I when I get like overly nervous, I you can kind of hear it like I, I uh, although, you know, I I get nervous before every game in, in a way like that's that's kind of my way of like being ready. Like you can ask Jimmy Skiles, like it, it could be some run of the mill volleyball match against you know, North Florida and like 30 seconds before I got before our queue, like my palms are sweaty. Like it, it always happens that way. I'm, I I'm, I'm a nervous wreck for all these kinds of things, but that's how I, but that means I'm, I'm on top of it. That means I know what I got to do. So 
What, what you need to do is stop by the tailgate that we're having like five hours before kickoff. <laughs> have a couple fireball shots, loosen you up a little bit. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Those days are well behind me. Although I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> Mike, Jeff won't tell you that's what he uses to keep the vocal cords uh, just so during the game. Just so Yeah, yeah, show. right, Trace. That's a, <laughs> I there's no way. I, I could and and having having partaken in that a long time ago. I can't. I. I wouldn't be. I would be. It, it would be bad. I would be. I would be doing a very poor Peter Gabriel impression. <laughs> when you get that script packet and it says "Welcome to," is it going to be fill in the blank stadium and you're going to drop that three MG just in at the last moment, or you're prepared to say "Bounce out"? So we. I. Uh, uh, I. I have no idea. When I get that script, I'm going to say what it what it tells me to say. Uh, and that and the, the script is the Bible. As far as I'm concerned, uh, whatever's whatever is written there is written in stone. Um, so I'm also, but I also have, you know, my share of you know red markers and sharpies that I can use to make any changes I need to if something happens. So, all right, Jeff. So you're going to be watching the game on the field. What do you expect to see on the field this year? Obviously, you know, you and the the guys over at the Black and Gold Banneret do a great job covering this stuff. What are you expecting to actually see happen on the field this year? What are your expectations for the season? Uh, two main things, and we're doing a lot of uh, preview content on the site too, um, which everybody can check out. And definitely encourage everybody to to check out Stat Boy Drew on Twitter, Drew Glukoff, who's been doing a great job for us, kind of previewing uh, the entire team by position. And we're also doing our five biggest questions heading into the season. Um, but uh, I'm expecting really two things. I'm ex- on, on defense, I'm expecting a much more improved unit just based on the depth, the acquisitions that have come in, you know, big cat Brian, I think is, is going to be a real star for UCF. Um, and, uh, and I do, and, and I do think that the front seven is really going to be the strength of this team. They have a renewed attitude under, uh, under uh, coach Travis Williams. Um you know, and just based on the fact they have, they've got a lot of you know returnees from last year. Um, I mean that that defensive unit last year at the end. Uh, I mean it was depleted throughout the season with the opt outs, and then it was further depleted uh, in the middle of the season. So I do expect the defense to be um, to be better. Uh, offensively, I'm looking for a more frosty type offense. I think it's going to be a lot more lateral across the field trying to stretch that defense through the through the run game. Um Anthony Lenahan earlier this year did a great breakdown on uh Gus Malzahn's offense at Auburn where he's going to throw he loves to throw a number of different looks at a defense in terms of formations and then run six, seven, eight different plays just off of that one formation. So that if you're a defense, you see a formation, you know, you're expecting one thing. He throws another at you. He'll run a jet sweep off of something. He'll run a inside draw. He'll run a, uh, he'll run a read option. He'll run a quick slant. He'll throw the ball over the top. He does a lot of things off of, um, off of just off of one look. And then you combine that with multiple looks and you can imagine being a defensive coordinator. And it's like, I, you know, there's a gazillion different things that they could probably do off of this one look. So, um, so that's what I, that, that's what I'm really looking forward to is, um, is a little bit more of that, you know, uh, read option, run pass option kind of thing that we saw from the Scott Frost era. And then a stronger, a much stronger defense that, um, you know, along the lines of kind of the team that we had in 2019, that was a really strong and underrated defense. 
If you have to put a number on the record, what's a successful season for Gus's first year here? Oh, man, you guys are putting me on the spot on this thing here. Uh, all right, can I, give you a, can I give you a window? Sure. Can I give you a window? Okay. Um, it's it's the, the main thing that I look at just as a- analyzing the team uh, is the, the schedule is really tough. There are a lot of tough road games on this schedule. Um, I, I think that if, I mean, if we, if we go 10 and two in the regular season, we should be ecstatic. I, I think it comes down to the, that Cincinnati game in October. I think that's going to be uh, that that's the game of the year. As far as I'm concerned, um, could very well decide the conference, you know, at least one spot in the conference championship game outright. Um, you know, I think like nine and three, 10 and two, I, I mean, it's, you know, we should be thrilled because, you know, it's, it's hard for a new, for a new coach to come in. I mean, I mean, look at it with Scott Frost, right? I mean, total change in system. We were six and four finished six and seven because the back part of our schedule was so heavily loaded in 2016. But then look what happened the year after it, it, it this kind of stuff does really, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It really doesn't even as experienced a coach as Gus is. But, uh, despite that, um, the, you know, that transition, I, I, I do think we'll come in at 12 and hour bust, man, you guys are ridiculous. The, 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 I, I do think that, um, you know, it's, you know, nine and three and in contention for a conference championship at the end of the year. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. Let's wrap up with this. You've ruled out fireball, but what will be the beverage of choice for you as you call the game? From water, the nothing but water, water, man. Yep. That's, uh, that's all I, that's all I drink. That's literally all I drink is water, except for some, you know, carbonated flavored water, you know, like, you know, LaCroix and stuff like that. If I, if, if, you know, if I'm really feeling like a, like in a party animal mood, that's probably it. <laughs> How many times do you have to run to the bathroom during a game? Uh, the TMI I, I get, section of the show. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I only get one. It's at halftime when the band is playing and, and like, I make a, I make a beeline for that bathroom too sometimes because it's like I we only have a few minutes, you know. It's and the show must go on. Well, that is a different kind of live stream. Jeff Sharon, public address <laughs> announcer uh, at the Bounce House, part of the Black and Gold Banneret. You can find him at Jeff underscore Sharon. Jeff, thanks for hopping on with us. Good luck this coming season at the stadium. Thank you, fellas. Looking forward to seeing you there. And uh, go Knights and charge on. I'll see you there. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff mentioning the defense may be uh, something that we look at to be more improved. One of the folks that I got to speak with at media day was safety Derek Gaines, And uh, he talked about reflecting on last year as motivation for this coming season. You know, you can't get complacent. You know, and last year, as you saw, we definitely got complacent in a lot of our, um, our moments. So we got an edge on our shoulders. We got just our head is down right now. It's not too much we can say. We just just working right now. You notice the difference. Coyly, he says, you will notice the difference. 
I mean, we hope so. Obviously, Gaines had a, a pretty decent year, a solid year last year. Uh, I think stepping in and playing well, uh, particularly when uh, some of the guys uh, left the team sort of midseason. So he, he's a guy you hope to, to see a little bit out of here uh, this upcoming season as, as a veteran. Um, and look, all the defensive guys that we've heard from, Trace, all the interviews you've done, there's there's quiet confidence in these guys that they feel like they're going to be much improved. And, you know, they're not talking a whole lot of trash and they're not saying a whole lot, but uh, th- there's a quiet confidence you can, you can sense from these guys. So either they're foolish or they know something we don't know yet. And my hope is that they know something we don't know yet. When you were ranked 123rd last year, you really can't come out at the beginning of this year and say anything other than what they've been saying. So that's good. But under T-Will, they're going to have a, a little bit more swagger, I think, than we've had the last couple of years. And Gaines is one of these guys that's going to have to step up now for us. That one-on-one with Derek Gaines drops at 9.15 as we continue our countdown to the season opener in just one week. Final from the UCF Soccer Complex. Men's soccer, number 13th ranked men's soccer falls to FIU 4 to nothing. Whoa. It got much worse. A blowout. In the last 30 minutes. <laughs> Women's soccer remains up to nothing. The big question that I asked on Twitter at SignPez this week in honor and in the spirit for our next guest is which combination of helmet, jersey, pants would you like to see UCF wear on opening night versus Boise State? Gold, black, and black takes it with 42%. Let us talk a little bit more about this with Christian Simmons, a return guest on the Sons of UCF Live. Uniform aficionado, he is one half of the duo that uh, is on a competing podcast, the Pegasus Podcast. Christian, thanks for hopping back on. Big game gold, what did you think of the outcome of our very scientific poll? Yeah, I mean, I found it really interesting since, you know, all of last season, half the fan base was just, why? Why is UCF wearing the gold helmets all the time? Stop with the gold helmets. And then what would you look at that? 60-something percent of the fans want a combo with a gold helmet for the Boise game, so... I don't know what to tell you guys. I guess maybe if there was a Canaveral blue helmet, some of them would have gone for that. But I think Big Game Gold is more popular than this fan base wants to admit. <laughs> Christian, one of the other complaints a lot of folks had last year was not a ton of uh, of changes. Uh, it seemed like we kind of went with the same kind of basic combos last year. Some of that, I think, maybe related to COVID. Do you think UCF kind of opens up the uniform playbook again this year and we get more, more fancy with some of the silver, anthracite? Do you, do you think we see more unique combos this season? Yeah, I mean, like you said, last year was a difficult year for a lot of teams for a lot of reasons. But uh, I, as anyone who follows me on Twitter knows, I'm a huge Peter fan. Anything Peter, I'm on board with. They could they could wear they could wear the Peter helmets every single game, and I'd be on board. So I hope that we see some Peter back at some point, even if it's just Peter pants. I just need more Peter. I don't I don't get why fans don't love that color. It's it's amazing. It's probably the best thing UCF has. But yeah, I think UCF's got some really really cool stuff in store for this year, and I'm very excited for it. Last year, you were putting out an article every week for UCF about the uniforms. Are you doing it again this year? And you already know what the uniform combo will be for week one. I should doing it again this year, so I'm going to not answer the second question, but I uh, will <laughs> have the Drippy Report you? again. I will, have, I will have the Drippy Report again this year, so I'll be sure to look out for that on UCFnights.com. Uh, I'm really excited to be doing that. I, it, like, it, you know, for me, like... I know for some, I know some fans like it because I get some cool stats in there. I look up some stuff. That writing that to me is like writing the Bible. Like it's just, it's like my favorite thing in the world to be able to write about UCF's uniforms and find some really cool stats that fans will appreciate on them. So I, UCF honestly does have some of the best uniforms in college football. I don't say that as hyperbole or as a UCF fan. They just genuinely do. And being even a very small part of that is very exciting for me. Blink if you know the uh, uniform combo. Blink if you. There we go. All right, he knows. He knows. He's got that information. You sent over some photos at my request that Adam can bring up. Uh, If he'll pop them up, maybe you can comment and share some of your insights on on those pictures, some of UCF and some of Boise State. 
Sure. So obviously playing Boise State, really big game as you as everybody knows. Um, there are some games where UCF will play a team, and I'm a little concerned. I'm like, oh, I hope UCF doesn't get outdone in this game. Uh, I hope another team doesn't like outdress them. Not not an issue with Boise State. Um, as you can see, their uniforms <laughs> not, are not very good. Not not an issue with the Smurfs. <laughs> I, look, look, I'm sorry. I I know your Group of Five team. It doesn't mean you have to dress like a Group of Five team. I mean, you look at their uniforms. This was what this is what I think something they might wear against UCF. They play they wore it for when they played FSU a couple years ago. That was their last big marquee opening game because they didn't have one last year because of COVID. Their uniforms are a mess. So if you look, they've been wearing these since 2017. You've got the big obnoxious blue collar, which is just too much and do, and doesn't fit with the uniform. You've got these weird slanted shoulder stripes. That's what I hate more than anything else on their uniforms. They have that in all of them. You've got you'll on one side of the helmet. You've got this big oversized Bronco, which is cool, I guess. It's a little oversized. And then on the other side, you typically have the player's number, which for some reason is always silver. I don't know what that's about. Since there's no silver anywhere in their uniforms except for that, then a Bronco's on the pants. The uniforms just aren't good. This is another combo I think they might wear against UCF because they wear it for some big games. It's their tricolor look. It's kind of like their equivalent of UCF's gold white, gold white black that we last saw against ECU last year. I think this could be a favorite. We'll see. Um, uh, just another example of how the uniform is just awful. I mean, look, look at the number font. It's bad too. Do you like the number on the helmet? I, so I don't because I can see it on the other four places it is on their jersey. So I don't also need it on their helmet. Um, that, that's just that's just my take on that. But And I also just think that Boise State oh, – oh, so this is interesting too. Boise State Equipment did tweet that they're going to have five helmets this year. So that's a little interesting because we know about white, we know about blue, we know about orange. They have done blackouts in the past. So I'm just not going to be doing a blackout on the road. Um, so the fifth helmet's kind of interesting. I'm guessing they're probably gonna have a gray set. Would they go gray against UCF on as a road team? I guess they could do that. I don't know. I think it would be stupid since UCF uses gray better than almost anyone in the country to try to outdo them in their own stadium. But you know, you're Boise, you might try it. So that's another wild card that they might throw. Christian, I thought I read someplace recently that UCF's apparel deal with Nike is coming up soon for renewal. If you were in charge of UCF uniforms and you could go to any manufacturer to sort of make the next version of uniforms where are you going are you sticking with nike you make a run with adidas uh, obviously under armor seems to be getting out of the game more than getting in the game do you go with uh, sort of a, a, an outlier where would, where would christian go if he was in charge of U- ucf uniform 2.0 well i believe it was in the early 2000s that uconn tried out air apostle so maybe uh, <laughs> maybe ucf could be the first like hollister <laughs> team i think that could be something interesting but I, you, you ucf should not leave nike i, I don't know why I, I feel bad for all the college football teams that aren't Nike. I, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I get that Adidas is good sometimes, but as you can see with USF, um, every single Adidas uniform across college and high school football just looks exactly the same. It just, it's literally just like a color swap. So I hope UCF doesn't end up back with Adidas, but no, I, I Nike, Nike is, you can't do better than Nike. You, you, you either have Nike or you're, you're just not, not part would of you, it. Would you, would you be good with the Jordan brand? Okay. Okay. I don't like the Jordan brand stuff in college football. Like it's college football. Why are you putting a basketball player? I don't know. Like I get, it's like, Oh, it's cool. It's the brand they want to wear. It still is dumb. Uh, so no, I don't necessarily want to see Jordan brand with UCF. I do want to see that diamond Nike swoosh you get. If you make the college football playoff, I think UCF should be given that over the 2017 national championship, but that's just my thought. Another big fan favorite is the space game every year. This year when they put out the fans wear thing, they already have a Citronaut shirt there. Is this the year that we go full Citronaut for the space game? 
I, I don't. I'm gonna say right now, I don't know what the space uniform is. So you're not gonna think that'd be there because I have nothing to give you. Uh, I guess. I guess we know it is space shuttle theme from the patch they dropped, which that's super exciting. As a kid growing up in Florida, the space shuttle was like the coolest thing. I feel like that was every little kid growing up here. The space shuttle is just awesome. So seeing that represented in a uniform in some way is gonna be awesome. I don't know. I don't know how citronaut heavy it will be. Um, I, we, I mean, we've seen the citronaut on the collar and on the pants. I don't know if UCF's planning to go beyond that at some point. I think you have to toe the line a little bit because it, it is at what point is it overtaking your brand? But I do think for one game, that's not an issue. So who knows? Let's wrap with this. The little eight, the remaining teams of the big 12. What's your favorite team uh, logo uniform combo and least favorite of that eight? Of the big eight. Oh, you, you caught me off guard. That's a good one. Um, worst is West Virginia. It's stupid. I don't know why that's their logo. Um, I, I just, just let you know <laughs> the weird, the W with the V like kind of tucked in underneath it. It's like, I, I swear to God, a 10 year old might've drawn that. Um, as far as like favorite logo and uniforms in the big 12, there's not a lot of stuff. Okay. So as far as uniforms, even though I don't like their colors, Baylor drops in uniforms a couple years ago that are very streamlined and very, very clean and straightforward, different from what they did like back when they played UCF where they were like the Chrome and the black, whatever. So their uniforms are pretty nice. As far as logo, I, I don't know. It's a lot, it's a lot of block letters. So take your pick. You get more insights like these at by C.A. Simmons. Even night fans, he's bound to tick you off, but he certainly <laughs> uh, riled up the Boise State folks uh, in the last week or so. And always good to drive the Cincinnati folks crazy. Christian Simmons, he'll have his column out, drip you, right, about the uh, uniform combo that he knows right now and won't share, but will probably break on a future edition of the Pegasus podcast. Christian, thanks for hopping on with us to preview some uniforms. Thanks for having me, guys. He knows. He knows right now and wouldn't share. <laughs> when do they release that? Usually it's like, what, two or three days before the game? So we might know maybe Tuesday next week what, what the uniform is? Yeah, I feel like it's it's right around that time. I think it's the day before, maybe two days before the game that was coming out. I want to say it was like a Thursday for a Saturday game, Mike. So maybe Tuesday. What's that about? We should ask Christian. We just had him on the show. Um, maybe maybe <laughs> Tuesday, I think, would be an idea. Christian, if you're still watching, message. No, he's, and, he's gone. He left. And let us know. Mm. We should challenge these uh, since this has been just a unifying show, bringing on the Black and Gold Banneret, Jeff Sharon, the Pegasus Podcast. This should be the challenge in the Pick'em, right? All of these 39 other podcasts out there and shows, we should challenge in the Pick'em. Uh, Mike, are you ready? If you've been uh, gearing up, you're, you're, you're dialed in. You're ready to defend your title. That's right. I, yeah, I was looking over spreads already this afternoon. <laughs> I'm sure season. you were. <laughs> now, uh, let me warn you guys so I don't hear any excuses. For some reason, the pool tracker is still including UConn games in this thing. Like, they still think we're in the American. So UConn plays this Saturday. I do. Put a pick in for that game. They play Fresno State. I believe there's 27 and a half point underdogs. <laughs> get in so I don't get a, a, accused of cheating. Make a pick on that game and then follow along the rest of the season, right? Yeah, I was confused about that one too, Mike, because I saw the Fresno game and and UConn had a, had a line. The rest didn't, so I only have to pick that one game this weekend, or I need to pick all of them, even though the line isn't there yet. No, you don't have to pick all of them. You know what? I did put it in now anyway, just in case you forget, and at least you'll have something. Uh, like I'm but you can always go back advice. and change. Okay. Yeah. You can always go back and change right up to kickoff of each game. Once the game kicks off, you cannot change your picks, but you can do it now, even though you don't know what the spread is, like you just said. But you never know. You forget next week. At least you, you get a couple right. And how can you join? Follow you at UCF Mike One on Twitter. You'll have details there. Yeah, I'll, I'll send out another link. It's PoolTracker.com. The name of the group is Sons of UCF. The password is GusBus2021. And I'll, I'll send out another uh, link on the dungeon and everything. I'll update everybody one more time. 
before we kick off Saturday? When he's not working on football spreads, he's working on tailgate spreads. How's that potato salad coming along? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mentioned I will pick up some potato salad and a couple other snacks. This is how rumors get into, going. You made it into me making potato salad. I've never made a potato salad. For 200 salad people you got coming for this thing. You need some, you need some balloons. And you need potato salad. The balloons are key. There's Every party has balloons. You know what? You show up to somebody's house, there's balloons on the mailbox. You know there's a party going on. You're going to see your balloons on our tent. You're at least you'll know where we are. We'll be easy to find. And that's that's the main reason I got And what time will you be out there uh, on campus right over by the newly repainted Nicholson Fieldhouse? I'm planning on getting there right around 2 o'clock. I think that's as early as they're letting me get there anyway. I have to pick up my cousin at the airport at 1. Hopefully he any, has any delays. If he does... He's going to be Ubering from the airport. But my plan is to pick him up at 1, drop our stuff off at the hotel, and just head straight over to campus, be there around 2 o'clock. Look for the balloons, follow the trail for the potato salad, and uh, and uh, we'll be out there. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys. Some news and notes before we open the mailbag. Volleyball opens in the UCF Challenge Friday against Georgia Tech. Saturday, St. John's, Penn State. I be sure to subscribe to the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. The one-on-one -on -one with uh, head coach Todd Dagenet is on there, and Adam just dropped the uh, interview that I had with McKenna Melville, the preseason player of the year in the American. And I know this is sure to rile up Mike, uh, not the first two at least, contract extensions, Timo releasing more. Men's head coach in tennis, John Roddick, extended through the 2024-2025 season. Women's tennis head coach, Brian Canico through 2026, 2027. And I believe Timo called Mike. Mike gave his thumbs up on this next one. Baseball head coach Greg Lovelady extended through 2025. Mike? I mean, are we giving everybody a pass on the COVID season, I think, from last yes. year? Because before that, Lovelady was doing a decent job. Last year, everybody knows baseball team was shaky. But to all the way to 2025, I mean, maybe he knows something we don't know. I, I At least they well, – it gives him the recruiting edge of saying, "Hey, I'll be here for the next few years." Yeah, and do we? What are the buyouts in these? I, I don't know if it's similar to, to football. Obviously, I know the Olympic sports may be a little different from a revenue perspective. What are the buyouts in these contracts? Because that could be another interesting tell. To Mike's point, you signal that your coach is going to be there long term, so recruits, you know, come join us. Your coach will be here for conveniently another four years, right? Uh, but if there's a buyout on these things, that that could be interesting. Not that I'm trying to fire Love Lady already <laughs> before he signed his contract, but I'm just curious. That's all. It's interesting as these continue to be announced, uh, some coaches are like, uh, I, I haven't had any conversations with anybody. You know, you, you want to see who might not get, if anyone, a contract extension. So uh, five, six coaches uh, down, uh, some more to go on these extensions. Let's open up the mailbag at MikeWEI55. What do you think Bronco fans in attendance, and they're expected to bring a big crowd when I'm following Boise State Media. They, they say they're going to be bringing a big crowd. What do you think they're going to love or hate or be surprised about? Uh, by their visit to the bounce house. They're going to be disoriented by green grass. <laughs> I imagine the weather is going to be a bit of a shocker for them, right? It's obviously humidity and, and heat. Uh, I imagine that'll be a little bit of a shocker. Uh, I think there it'll be interesting. I, I think if you've never been to the bounce house before, especially a full bounce house, they're walking into a stadium of 45,000 people who have not had a chance to like all hang out together for the little, the better part of like two years. So I think you're going to walk into an environment where everybody's juiced up. Everybody's been waiting two years to have this day. So I think they're going to see a raucous kind of fan environment that they're probably not expecting, uh, particularly the way the stadium is set up. So I think they're going to be surprised that uh, how, how juiced up everybody's going to be inside the stadium. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to be outrageous for this game, I think. I think we're all going to be jacked up. I know I'm ready to go. 
but they they may not be used to the rowdiness of, of a lot of night fans and that's walking around the tailgates we got a lot of young guys that like to get into it with the drinks and who knows what they're really in for hopefully most of us are well behaved and, and treat them nicely but if the game doesn't go well for us then it, it could get ugly at Statboy Drew, got a shout out from Jeff Sharon earlier. In the spirit of UCF, hashtag UCF food, what's your tailgate dish of choice? Uh, for me, obviously, it's potato salad, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is interesting because um, tailgate food is hard. It, it depends on when it gets there and how it's served and yada, yada, yada. yada. Um, I love me some tailgate nachos, though. You give me some good nachos. Again, hard to replicate at a tailgate, but you give me a nice plate of nachos, I'd be all set. Typically, I, I like something off the grill, you know, but in our tailgate this year, in the first week, anyway, we're not going to have a grill. So I think you got to do a big sandwich, maybe a big pub sub or uh, a spot of sub, something, you know, that's going to hold you over at least to the first half of the game. I do like the, uh, when we have the noon kickoffs, the opportunity to do the breakfast tailgate. I know the noon kickoff is not preferred, but the spread of food can be good. At UCF underscore Jeb Shred. Uh, we're going to see any trickeration from uh, Gus in the opener. So if I have the Gus Malzahn lineage correct, he stopped calling plays for a couple seasons at Auburn because he was under pressure from fan base and media and whatnot. So he, he turned over the play calling, although I don't know how much control he still had. So if I have that all correct, the training wheels are now off. Gus is now free to do what he wants. He's been tinkering for however long that's been coming up with something. I think he sees all the athletes UCF has in the field. I got to imagine we have, we saw him do Kalia Davis out of the Wildcat at the spring game. I got to imagine he's got something up his sleeve that he's been drawn up in the, you know, in the back of his, you know, his whatever, his Chevy Suburban, just waiting for an opportunity Chevy, to run it. So yeah, I, don't know what he, I don't know what he tries. So I got to imagine there's going to be something Gus has up his sleeve. He's going to have stuff this year. He's going to have to pick his spots though. I don't think, I don't think he's coming out the first play of the season with some tricky play. Uh, usually you save those for games. When you're the underdog, you, you rely on tricks a little bit more. We're at home right now. I, I think we should be okay. Maybe save something for the Cincinnati game. Maybe save something down the road. We, we may get something, maybe a fake punt or something here. But uh, I won't expect too much craziness the first game. I, I think I think you come out early with that, Mike. I think you get the crowd and energized, right? You do something kind of fancy in your first drive. It's the perfect time because you've had all all spring, all fall to practice the play, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see some of the first 10, 15 plays. And again, I don't know if it's going to be one of these like fumble ruski situations, right? It could just be a, a halfback pass or something. Who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised because you've had all summer, all fall to work on something. And, and why not get the crowd energized if you throw something, a, a bit of a wrinkle in there? Oop-de-oop. You call him for the oop de oop? Oop de freaking oop. <laughs> At Lonely BUCF, since we now have a coach that uses, or we hope we'll use the tight end, will we see Jake Hescock go down deep, down the middle next week? All night long, baby. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Early and often. Uh, at Rejoice Nights. Joyce, I love you. You're critical, though, quite critical of Dylan Gabriel. I channeled it in my. Uh, big question uh, on offense. She asked, can Dylan Gabriel win a game when it really matters? I guess we're going to find out a week from tonight. That's a game that really matters. It's probably a knockout punch for that uh, New Year's Six bowl slot, you'd have to think. 
Yeah, luckily I'm in a safe space where people can't throw anything at me, but I, I kind of understand this question, right? Because, you know, we've we've talked about this opportunity. He's 0-2 against Cincinnati. He's 0-1 against Memphis. He's 0-2 against Tulsa. Uh, we, obviously, we didn't beat Pittsburgh. Uh, so, really, Stanford, is, I guess, is the signature win. I know some people talk about Marshall and the Gasparilla Bowl, but it was Marshall and the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, so, I think Stanford's really kind of the signature win. Uh, so, I, I don't think it's unfair to ask – you know, will he be able to put one of those signature victories on his resume this year? Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of opportunities with Boise right out of the shoot, Louisville, whatever they are. And again, we have Cincinnati coming down the road again. So I think it's a fair question. Um, I, I think in some of those, though, you got to wonder that the I, I don't want to put it all on Dylan Gabriel. I know there were mistakes in a few of those games, but obviously there was game plans in place. There were calls that were made. Uh, there was you know strategy in place that he couldn't control. But I, I think it's a fair question to ask. We're going to be asking this question all season long. He wins this Boise game. Oh, yeah, he won a big one. Then say, oh, can, can you win a big one on the road? And he goes to Louisville in a couple weeks. All right, he wins that one. Can he beat Cincinnati? Okay. Can he win the conference championship game? Can he win a New Year's Six? And this thing is just going to – we're just going to keep moving the line down all season for him. I, I believe he's going to do it. I think this is his year. He's. I, I don't think there's any excuses coming into this year. So um, I, I think this is it, but we're not going to believe it until we see it. Joyce responding in real time. Her observation, but it is a fair question, and it is a question that, as Mike points out, we're going to ask week to week uh, throughout the season. At UCF Dad Bob, what scheme will the defense settle on? 3 3 5, 4 3, 3 4. Uh, we know from T Will, he'd have to kill you if he's, you know, they're not going to answer that question. <laughs> I got to think, Trace, it's it's probably a base 4-3. And my only thinking is we have four pretty good down linemen. We don't have f- uh, four pretty good linebackers. So just looking at our personnel, my assumption would be let's put the best players on the field. I think that would put us in a 4-3 formation more than anything else. Obviously, a 3-3-5 may be a specific formation for a specific team or a scheme that we're facing. But I got to think just based on personnel, we have four really solid linemen. Um, I don't even know if we have three really solid linebackers, so I can't imagine we have a fourth laying around that I'm not aware of. So I think we go 4-3 from a base perspective. That's my initial thoughts, too. And not only four. We have more than four that we can rotate on that defensive line, guys coming in and out. So I think that is our strength. You play to your strength, but at the same time, it depends on the opponent. So we may see a 4-3 the first week against Boise when we play Navy and maybe something completely different week to week. And and that's the way Gus is going to approach every game this season, is molding each game plan to that opponent. Did Mike just break news? Are we running a 5-2? Did, is Mike just breaking some news here? <laughs> uh, Let's see. Did, can you, uh, Adam, can you throw that question that Dan just asked uh, yeah. back on the screen? Dylan needs a big win. Any chance the Kentucky player gets cleared to play soon, as we saw, and you know, the NCAA and clearances, who knows, right? Uh, guys waited nearly all of last season, but it is something that Coach Malzahn was asked about during the media avail earlier this week and indicated – that they would be hopeful that they would get a clearance at CAPT Veeg one better hat Gus's straw hat or T wills bucket hat. I'm going in with bucket hat. I like the bucket hat too. I couldn't tell what was on the top of that though. It looked like there was a black, I don't know if it was a, a ring, a line. I was really confused. Um, I think it's a better look. I, I liked the uh, uh, sort of the drop down uh, option to kind of make it tighter. Uh, so I'm going to go bucket hat. And I, I do recall, I actually looked at a picture just recently. Um, our good friend UCF Mike here used to rock a UCF bucket hat like it was his job. Believe it or not, he hid that manicured set of hair of his for most of his college career under a bucket hat. It's a true story. So bring I would that be surprised. Picture next week, would you? Would you I'll, I'll show it up right now i will be shocked right like i'll be shocked if mike doesn't go bucket hat you know I, I like both hats i really do but i think there's a 
There's oh, this is a high-tech high tech way of looking at this photo. <laughs> you know, there he is. <laughs> I, I got that hat at a UCF game at the Citrus Bowl. You, you sign up for a credit card thing, whatever. I filled out the fake name. Why are your, why yeah. your shorts so long, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's the 90s, baby. It's the 90s. You're not still making payments on that 29% interest credit card <laughs> yeah. that you got at the Citrus Bowl? I, I gave him Adam's email address and everything. It's probably true. But I think it's, the hat thing that depends on age lines. Like, you're – Young Mike, college age Mike, for sure, bucket hat. Now that I'm 40, I don't know. I find myself dressing more like the head coach. I already got the, the, the Hawaiian shirt that he was rocking. That other hat may be more me this year. You're a man. You're 40. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Solid guest on episode 144 of the podcast. One, Paul Carrington, who shared some interesting insights with you guys. Yeah, it was good to catch up with Paul. Obviously, he was uh, part of a really interesting time at UCF, the Kruzak to O'Leary transition, uh, our our winless season there in the first year of GOL. Uh, so it was good to kind of get some of that era uh, back on on the page for everybody so you can kind of understand what, what folks went through. Uh, it was definitely good to hear that Ryan Schneider took a guy down, too. That was fun. <laughs> I texted Schneider about that earlier this week, and he did confirm. So, uh, <laughs> But Paul was a great guest. Really cool stories out of him. Um, not often do you have a guy that says flat out, we have a bunch of cancers on this team and still survive to be on the team. And he did that. And then he ended up becoming a leader on the team after that afterwards. Yeah, that was a really interesting uh, piece from him during that interview when he said that. So uh, good stuff. You can find all of that wherever you get your downloadable content. TwoNightsMedia.com. Of course, subscribe to the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Do all the necessary follows. Sign up for the Pick'em. Uh, get ready for the tailgate next week. Reminder, we're going to be coming to you live next Wednesday instead of Thursday because we're all going to be at the game on Thursday. So be sure to tune in on Wednesday, same time, 8 to 9, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're going to be talking about the biggest uh, storylines on defense. We'll probably throw special teams in there as well as we get you ready for the big game. Uh, women's soccer leading the Gators with a little bit of time left, 2 nothing. Men's soccer, the 4 nothing. Uh, losers tonight. Final thoughts from you guys as we wrap this one up tonight. I can't, I can't believe we're here. It feels like it's been a long time since we had a football game. Uh, and I will say this was one of the busier, if not the busiest off season. Um, I think we've had in a long time, typically in the summer months for these shows, Mike and I are trying to figure out what other Mount Rushmore can we do? And, you know, all the, the, the typical how do you fix baseballs like stuff. But it seemed like every week we had a new a new topic, a new conversation, and it all led us here to this Thursday. I can't wait to get out to the bounce house, see everybody get in the stadium again and uh, and just lose my voice again uh, watching and screaming for the Knights, too. So uh, I just I, I can't believe seven days is already here and, and we've made it this far. For as fun as the offseason was and it was busy and fun. I am glad it's over. I cannot wait for football. This is my favorite time of year. And I said it on my podcast this week. Warn your families already. I've already warned my wife, the kids. You're not seeing me at Saturday afternoons. Now we revolve around UCF football on Thursday night in this case. We, when we make plans, make sure you consult with me first and that there's not a game going on. I've been listening to you guys for years. It seems like your wife does not take this into great consideration every time. Because I was going to say, can we schedule for things before you've, yeah. you've can said, I'm, I'm not answering any social media. I've got the game well, on DVR. I've got nine other people recording <laughs> Her it. Her birthday falls goes out, you know. on, right in the middle of uh, football season. I think it's on a Tuesday this year. So I, 
I may be able to skirt around it. So I think we're good. Yeah. Can we, can we get Wendy on so I can confirm that? I need, I need some confirmation on that. There could be no kid activities. There's no PTO, open house. There's nothing. It can, it can have nothing going on. We'll see how you do with this, but uh, we do plan to see you uh, next Thursday. Be sure to join us next Wednesday, eight to nine. Some fresh interviews dropping for you at nine 15 Guys, I've had fun tonight from Houston. We will see you next week, Sons of UCF Live. For now, I'm Trey Stralko. Go Knights! Charge on. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.